0: Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 9. We've arrived at the last verse in Hebrews chapter 9, and it reads, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. If Jesus Christ were coming to deal with sin, we could not look forward to his coming, but the Christian has no more concern about sin. The sin problem was solved when the Lamb of God offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins forever. If he had not solved that sin problem, we would be fearful, not joyful. And Christians do have the joy of the Lord because they know they have been accepted by the Father by trusting in Jesus Christ. I recall... As a boy, hearing evangelists talk about the return of Jesus Christ, and it was frightening, and many people were terrified. Well, to the believer, the coming of Jesus Christ is good news. We welcome it, because He's not coming to punish, He's coming to save completely. When He comes the second time, it will be as the High Priest, coming out of the Holy of Holies, the people were relieved to know that God had accepted the sacrifice and that he had performed acceptably to God. That's what we have in the Old Testament tabernacle picture. That priest went in there to represent the sinful nation of Israel. And when he had made that offering on the Day of Atonement and returned out of that Holy of Holies, they breathed a sigh of relief. And so do I. Because my high priest in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, in the Holy of Holies, and that temple not made with hands in heaven, has satisfied the Father, and God has accepted that sacrifice on my behalf. Now that's what faith means, believing that Jesus Christ did what the Bible claims that he did, and that we benefit completely from it. We benefit to the extent of complete salvation. God is satisfied with him. Not with me, nor you, but he is satisfied with his Son. And he will be satisfied with everyone who believes in his Son. On that day, appointed by God for Jesus to appear for his saints, this world will be convinced they will know that the God of the Bible is true the Savior, will come. If any doesn't let Christ appear to take away sin, then he will face his appearance as a judge of sin. We make our choice, friends. You either take him as the Savior or you take him as the judge. And even though nothing is happening today, it will happen. He will return and there will be a judgment. You can count on that, that just as certain as the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, the author of Hebrews intended here to give us a sense of security, not false security. He wants us to know that Christ has done everything and it is finished. If Jesus did not finish the task of resolving our sin problem, why is he in heaven? Why isn't he here now, finishing what needs to be done? Well, the reason he's in heaven is that it is finished. God is satisfied, and he wants you to agree with him that everything has been done. And when you are satisfied, God will know that you have made confession of faith to God himself. And you will be in the household of God, forgiven, born again, Baptized by the Spirit into his church, set apart by the Spirit for God, and given life everlasting. Well, there are more blessings than those. Jesus Christ purchased all this for you. You can accept it by faith just as you trust in Christ to save you forever. He's your priest in the presence of God now. He belongs there because he finished his work. Well, now we move on to chapter 10, and I'm reading from verse 1, and this deals with the true sacrifice and the shadows. Verse 1 reads, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices which are continually offered year after year, make perfect those who draw near, otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered? If the worshipers had once been cleansed, they would no longer have any consciousness of sin. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin year after year, for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. As the author contrasts the sacrifices of the Old Testament With that final sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, he uses the Greek word skia, which means a pale shadow or fuzzy outline. That's how he pictured the law of the Old Testament. It was not the ultimate blessing of God, but it did give a faint shadow of the good things to come. Now, if we didn't have any other verse except Hebrews 10, 1, we could conclude that the law was a temporary imposition by God upon his people Israel, but someday he would remove that law, which was nothing more than a shadow, to bring about the true form or the true reality. Some people are still holding on to the law. They won't let God end what he began. They struggle with this, and the law is in the church to the extent that Christians, many Christians, are in great, great bondage. Christ came to set us free. As Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. From our childhood we were taught the Ten Commandments, we were taught about the people of Israel in the Old Testament and how God guided those people, and somehow we have transferred all of that into the church. And we today think that Christians are supposed to live by the law. The Bible clearly declares we are not under law. We are to walk by the Spirit and to live by grace. Now, God hadn't taken away the law so that people would have nothing. He has substituted it with something far better. Christians have a new commandment. They don't need the ten. They have a new priest. They don't need the priest of the Levitical priesthood. They have a new temple. It's their body. And the Spirit has come to live in them, so they don't need the tabernacle or the temple of old. God has provided something new to replace the shadow. Are you playing with shadows? Is your church playing with shadows, or do they have the reality? Are they occupied with Christ or Moses? Are you hearing teaching about the New Commandment or the Ten Commandments? Well, there are people who say, well, why can't we have both? Because Jesus Christ gave a new commandment. And the Apostle Paul, who was specially chosen to make this message clear to the church, tells us, that he was not a minister of the Old Covenant, but of the New, and he called the Old One the Testament of Death and Condemnation. He said the letter kills, and that was a reference to the Old Testament. But he also said the Spirit gives life. The law did give a faint shadow of the good things that God would provide later. However, the law did not have the true form or image. And the Greek word for that image is icon, which is an exact replica like a photograph. Some of the Jews in the Old Testament must have considered the sanctuary, its sacrifices, the Holy of Holies, and the priesthood as the real and final provision of God for his people. The author says, that is wrong. There's something far better than these pale shadows. One evidence that the law was but a shadow instead of the real thing is the fact that the law's sacrifices could never make anyone perfect, as was demonstrated by their continual repetition. Made perfect, I like those words. It means to complete something, and here it means spiritually complete before God. you desire to be complete before God? Hebrews 10.14 tells us that Christ has done that by his sacrifice for all time. Let me read that for you. It's a wonderful passage. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Many Christians aren't convinced. They keep trying to make themselves acceptable to God by church attendance, by prayer, Bible reading, and giving, and all those things are good. But they are not designed to make one perfect. God sent Jesus Christ to be the Savior. He didn't give church attendance to be the Savior. People have established a standard for what a Christian ought to be. And there is an unwritten law on their consciences that makes them feel guilty when they fail. Are there Christian laws of duty? No. Christ set us free, and he did not give the world a new set of laws by which to live. Moses was the lawgiver not Jesus. But Jesus is the perfecter of all who believe, and we are complete in him, lacking nothing to come before God. This feeling of personal failure and imperfection or incompleteness is something that belonged to Judaism, but not to the New Covenant. The author points to this in verse 2. Another weakness of the law was its inability to cleanse the conscience. Proof of it was the guilty conscience that persisted in spite of more and more sacrifices. Why doesn't the mature believer today have a guilty conscience? We still sin, don't we? Of course. And we will have guilt until we look back by faith at the sacrifice on the cross made for our sins. And believe God when he says it was made for us and that it's the only remedy for sin. There can be no other sacrifice for sin. There will be no more sacrifice for sin. Everyone who hears the gospel, that is, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Old Testament, and that he was buried, and that God raised him from the dead according to the scriptures, is forced to either reject the one sacrifice that Jesus Christ made or to accept it as sufficient. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, verse 11, Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. That means, consider yourselves to be dead to the condemnation of the sin principle because Christ died to sin. Since we are in Christ, we also died to sin. Believe it. Sin can no longer determine your destiny if you have believed in the one who died for our sins. God wants us to believe that. He wants us to believe that our debt has been paid in full. Has it? Yes, it has. Here's an invitation to our radio listeners to visit our Sunday morning Bible class. The class is free, of course. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.